Motorsport 411 presents all the four and two-wheeled action. Motorsport 411 with Sean Cartavillis. Welcome to Motorsport 411. Your home for all your four and two-wheel action in Africa. Coming up in this episode, we'll speak to the clerk of the course for the WRC Safari Rally, Guvi Barbara. And we have an exclusive as we speak to the two-time Safari Rally champion, Glenn Edmonds. All the four and two-wheeled action. Motorsport 411. Welcome to the episode. So preparations are well underway for the 2022 WRC Safari Rally that will be held in June. We spoke to the clerk of the course, Sir Guvi Barbara, and we asked him how the preparations are coming along. Well, we never, we never really stopped. Straight after the 2021 event, we were out looking at the route, seeing where we could improve it. Um, then we were waiting for the reports to come from FIA. And um, from that, we were looking at how to improve um, the route. So hopefully by next week, by the end of this month, we will have some kind of draft itinerary to work from. Now, before we go into details about the route, uh, big award that came this week uh, regarding the environment uh, from the FIA, uh, that was a real boost for the Safari Rally. No, no, for sure. I mean, it's, it's, it's important that we look at, we look after our environment, obviously, and uh, getting, getting that uh, two-star accreditation from FIA was, was a boost for, for the organization. In terms of the environment, uh, we know how big the event was last year. Um, how tricky was it? Uh, I know you're in the organizing committee for the Safari Rally. Uh, how tricky was it, uh, you know, both before and after the event uh, to go and check and, you know, to make sure that, you know, the, the environment was in pristine condition? Well, you know, we have a we have an environmental officer that's that, that's that works with uh, with the organizing team, so they were the responsible for going out to make sure that there was no litter, and that, that the landowners were happy with the condition that we left uh, their their property uh, property as uh, the same way that we found it. Looking at the route, and we spoke to Phineas Kamathi a few weeks ago. Uh, he was saying that there won't be massive changes in the route for at least uh, three years. Just give us an update. Well, we spoke, uh, we've had our debriefs from FIA and WRC and they've given us, uh, they've asked us not to do too many changes, to work on, uh, to just to improve, um, in, uh, to improve on what we have. So what we've come up with is to keep 80% the same and improve on 20%. There was a photo from Anwar City uh, about a week ago or so, um, showing the state of the power stage. Uh, there appears to be a lot of uh, environmental degradation there. Yeah, it seems that the rains, uh, the rains really uh, wash away the the soil, the topsoil, all that fresh fresh. But straight after the 2021 event, it was uh, it was proposed that we we build up that it's about four or five kilometers in the middle of uh, the power stage that we build up compact and make sure that it doesn't happen. Now, uh, looking at the dates, uh, 24th to the 26th of June, uh, are you happy first of all with those dates? Yeah, yeah, the dates were it's, it's good. I mean, we. Obviously, it would be nice to have a, an Easter event, but uh, obviously, we, um, it all depends on how uh, you know the movement of equipment for for the teams and uh, WRC moves around. So that's the slot we get between between other events on the shipping lines. In terms of logistics and uh, what happened in 2021, uh, what improvements uh, do you think you could work on? Well, we want to make sure that we have bigger spectators for for next year. Um, the focus of making sure that they 
they can have access uh, earlier into the stages so that we don't get the traffic build up in the morning of, uh, of the start of a, of a stage. Yeah, I understand uh, transport stages uh, in particular is what you're looking at uh, in terms of uh, trying to keep the drivers as much away from uh, the spectators. Yeah, we've been looking at a few alternative nodes to keep them off the highways and it, uh, with, with help with some of the landowners. Uh, with moving a few stages around, it, it's, uh, I think that will, it will work better for, for 2022. Do you think it'll be bigger in terms of spectators? Uh, you know, we had a largely local presence in terms of spectators, and now with COVID restrictions easing a bit, uh, do, you, do you expect a much bigger international presence? Yeah, we, we uh, after after the um, uh, you know after the viewership that uh, WLC saw uh, with, the, with the safari, I'm sure that we'll get a lot more spectators. Um, this year we were limited, obviously because of COVID and uh, travel restrictions. But I, I am sure that we will also get a lot more competitors. Um, we were in Spain about a, about three or four weeks ago and talking to the other manufacturers like Skoda, uh, etc. And they are, they are very interested in coming to Kenya with a, with a, with a new Skoda. The FIA uh, WRC promoter in particular are uh, very happy with some of the routes and of course they'd like some iconic stages uh, for the safari. Yeah, I mean, when it, when it comes to iconic stages, uh, we, we set out to give them a, an event um, in Kenya, safari, and I think we managed to give them a, a taste of what the older safari was in a more compact type of event where we have centralized service parks and so forth. Does it concern you? Um, we've got the pinnacle of rallying here, the WRC, but yet the local championship uh, looks to be suffering a bit? I mean, with these, uh, with the new introduction of the Rally Three cars that the Safari brought, I think uh, I think it will open a new uh, avenue for new competitors coming to coming to the sport because it's a bit, it's, uh, it's a lot cheaper than the uh, than the R5, and it's supposed to be the new Group N car that we we've known all these years for for national rallies and and the regional championship. And looking at autocross, of course, uh, I'm speaking to you at an autocross event. Uh, you must be quite pleased to see uh, new drivers, particularly young drivers, coming through the system. Yeah, as you know, you know, I started. I started. <laughs> my my background is from autocross. It's where I started becoming an official, and and it's nice to see new faces, new kids that that are that are driving actually really really well. I mean, with the machinery that they have right now, it's uh, it's quite impressive. It'll be nice to see them to step up, step up to rallying now. That's the clock of the course for the WRC Safari Rally. Goodbye, Barbara. We'll be back. the four and two wheeled action motorsport 411 welcome back now the two-time safari rally champion glenn edmonds has been named in the appeals committee for the kenya motorsports federation edmonds recently took part in the mini classic rally after years out of competitive motorsport we asked him how the experience was um actually I was, the truth be told, I was quite wary in the beginning because I haven't been behind the wheel of a rally car for at least 12 years. And I was concerned that I may have um, lost my sight, lost my judgment, although I have done all of those things. But, you know, I was just concerned that I wouldn't be able to pick up braking points and things like that. And that it would take much longer than I expected to, to get into the groove the truth be told once i actually got my bum in the uh the seat and put my gloves on and and started it everything sort of came back really quickly and 
um, I don't know whether it's muscle memory or, or what it is, but I was able to settle down quite, quite quickly, especially in the tests. And, you know, we were, we did some three, four days tests here to make sure that the car was uh, to my liking. And I, I was actually surprised at how good that little Skoda 130LR is, actually. It's, a, it's only a, a 13, I think, actually, it's a 1400cc pushrod engine. And it brought me back to when I was um, riding two-stroke motorcycles, and it was an awful lot of fun. Uh, can you tell us more about the car, uh, how you came, of course, to link up with this car, and then also your navigator? Sure. Um, well, I've been out of it for, for so long, and, you know, we just, and coming through COVID and things like that, I wanted to do something different. And uh, Yuri Kotek, who's been a friend of mine for a long time, Yuri Kotek is uh, or was the team manager for Skoda WRC in the days that it used to come to Kenya. And I, I knew him for a while, but he's been um, chasing me for the last two classics um, to do the classic with him. And he wanted to bring this little Skoda 130 um, R out to Kenya. And it's never been to Africa before in its life. And he was convinced that there would be a place for it because it's actually a Group B car. When it when it stopped production, it was in the Group B era. And so it was cancelled with all that. Um, but Yiri now runs Kotec Motorsport and he, he develops and builds these cars. And he said, look, I'll give you a deal. You come, you come and drive for me and we'll bring this little car and and we'll go and have some fun. And I think the the main word that, that struck me in that sentence was fun. So I agreed in a weak moment, I agreed. And then before I knew it, we were we were deep into it. you know this little 1300 i think surprised a lot of people because at one stage we were running six okay we eventually came seventh but you know when we were running six we had an awful lot of much bigger cars behind us and a couple of big ones in front of us so you know it just went to prove that the car is a good car Uh, the Mini was seen by many as a test for the main classic. Are you taking part in the main classic? Yes, we actually used the Mini as a test. So although we weren't uh, looking for any results, the, the thing about it is that once you get behind the wheel and that red mist comes down before you know it, you're having a good go. And um, yes, we are get, we using we use the Mini as a test for the main event and we are going to be doing the main event in February, definitely. Um, you know... I'll be very honest with you, uh, nine days is going to be very hard on the car and we're going to have to really treat it with respect because it is a little car. It's not a big car. I think it weighs about 800 kilos and a bit more when two fatties like me, my navigator get in. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, I think I think if we drive it carefully and we don't make any big mistakes, and that's where the big problem comes is that if you make a mistake – and you're having to repair the car going forward, you're just constantly on the back foot.
Now, the Classic Safari Rally really has uh, a following of its own and there's a lot of excitement. Uh, we're seeing the likes of Ken Block and, of course, uh, Tuttle Porsche coming through uh, for the event. Um, it seems to have its own niche uh, compared to mainstream rallying. Yes, it definitely does. I think uh, historic rallying and especially the East African Safari Rally Classic has its own following. Let's face it, the draw is we go back to how rallying used to be, as in long stages, servicing on the side of the road, all that adventure. So many rallies these days are short and sweet and, you know, fast and, and you know, you get in, get out, a minimum of sort of 300, 400 kilometers. This is not, this is an, an awful long way and there's much more tactics involved in it and also more chances of change in weather and things like that. So, um, yeah, it's definitely got its own following behind it, but also it's got a big following overseas and more and more as you, uh, international drivers want to do it. You've, you've got Ken Block and then you've got all the drivers that are coming with Tuttle. Look, for us, if we are able to get into the top 10, we'll be very lucky. You know, I'm hoping for at least uh, for us to get into the top 15 because there are so many big competitors there like Block and the others. And, and I think you'll find that uh, going to be very competitive up there. switching subjects and you've been named in the appeals committee for the Kenya Motorsports Federation congratulations uh, what does that mean for you uh, more work um, to start with <laughs> but uh, actually you know I I'm not sure why I was given the honor and uh, asked to do to do this but I've always believed that um, doesn't matter what you do you've got to put something back and so when Phineas um, called me, um, I thought about it and I thought, well, if I, can, if, if I can help the Safari Rally get more credibility and the Federation get more credibility, I can give them a year. Hopefully, we, we won't get any huge dramas that we have to um, discuss. But if there are, uh, I can guarantee you one thing, we will follow the rules the way they were stipulated and set out. I mean, that's all we can do is ensure that the rules are enforced fairly and evenly across the board. What does your job entail? Um, my job basically and the job of the committee entails that if there is a, a situation or a problem that the club or the organizers cannot uh, resolve, it'll get kicked up to us. And it'll be our job, the three of us, to look at this and determine what the outcome is. And I'm sure there will be um, a lot of consideration going on. Um, and whatever decision we make, somebody will be happy and somebody will be unhappy. But the important thing is to ensure that we do whatever we do, we try and do it fairly and without any sort of um, compromise to the rules and regulations. Now, it'd be interesting to know uh, your thoughts on the current state of rallying. Uh, we've got a number of people missing. Uh, obviously, Tejfir following that uh, horrific accident during the safari rally. Uh, Ankarai uh, taking an indefinite break from the sport. And uh, we're looking at possibly uh, three drivers dominating the sport at the moment. Uh, your thoughts? 
Yeah, well, isn't that what normally happens? Certain drivers dominate the sport for a certain amount of years and then then they either retire or, or they move on and somebody else comes up. I mean, that's that's what it's all about, really, at the end of the day. You know, I mean, a lot of the top drivers are sort of, I won't say reaching the end of their career, but they they are peaking and other things start to take over. A lot of them have been in motorsport a lot longer than I have been rallying and you know it's understandable um it's a lot of money a lot of time a lot of investment they all have families and the the younger breed need to to start coming up um the question is is who's going to be the the person to start replacing them your thoughts on the technology in the sport. Uh, we're seeing investments now in R5s, uh, but there's also an alternative. Uh, we're seeing the R3s uh, in the Kenya National Rally Championship. Well, I think the R3s are fantastic coming into the Kenya National Rally uh, Championship. And I look, I come from, from an era of where we started with club rallying and two-wheel drive, rear-wheel drive, and then I moved into um, the National Championship with um with front wheel drive and then moved into the four wheel drive and things like that um and now although more and more cars are four wheel drive i think a lot of the younger drivers unfortunately uh miss out on the learning curve of uh, rear wheel drive two wheel drive four wheel drive and they go straight into four wheel drive not only that they they then they use the smaller categories like the the cars that are being run at the moment moment as a stepping stone to the next category but they they don't linger in that the the smaller categories long enough to really benefit and feel and learn how to drive it to its full extent so when they move into an r5 for example there is a gap and it takes some time to get used to it and certain drivers we've seen that that happen quite a lot then when they start to get used to it then they things improve but for me personally, I think anytime you can, you can move through all the categories and have a year or two years in each category and then move up, move up, move up means you're more of a complete driver. Um, you know, it's very important that I think that the newer drivers uh, fill their apprenticeship really in the lower categories and get used to it. Sometimes moving through the classes too quickly can be a detriment to the overall um driver capability at that time i guess it's a catch-22 situation because you've got the wrc safari rally that's back and then you've got the issue of homologation now uh, we're reaching a crossroads really in kenyan motorsport uh, we're seeing the likes of mitsubishi subaru uh, reaching the end of the homologation life and it you know it's it's getting tricky because now it becomes an issue of budget uh, budgets has always been an issue in the history of uh, motorsport in kenya and globally uh, but it is reaching a crossroads Yes, definitely. Motorsport rallying in Kenya is reaching crossroads. And also, you see a lot of the drivers are looking across and going, oh, I want to do Safari Rally. Um, the trouble is the Subarus, like you said, in the um, Mitsubishis are running out of homologation. So where do they go? Well, you know, do you go to an R5, which is a big step up? Because the R5, even the R5 will, will, will run out of homologation. And, and so... Being at that crossroad, the, the next decision a young driver has to make um, could make or break them. 
And therein lies the problem. Do you go and spend a lot of money, get an R5, and hopefully progress with it without damaging it any, in any way? The trouble is, if you're, not, if you're trying to compete with the faster drivers, you have to push the limit. And if you're pushing the limit, you wind up overstepping your, your talent and do it, damaging the car. And then you're back into the catch-22 situation where how, you know, how expensive is it to repair do you have the sponsors and things like that? So it is a, a difficult place. But I do believe the lower categories now, like the little Fords that are running around here, is a great stepping stone. And I think more people should use it. And to be honest, I think those younger um, drivers should use the benefits of the Tapio Larkinans and people like that who are prepared to help them develop. And I think that is essential. Anytime you can get... Uh, an experienced driver, the learning curve is much steeper and they can impart, the the teacher driver can impart an awful lot of um, information and teach a lot, which will um, rule out many of the errors that could perhaps damage the vehicle and cost a lot of money. Um, because let's face it, even at my age, I'm still learning. And if you take that attitude and you get somebody to help you, the learning curve will much will be a lot smoother, uh, a lot better, and your talent will come on more. And use that person also as a manager within the team to build the team around you in such a way that you know you you as the the driver is not under all this pressure or the navigator under all this pressure to deliver to prepare the car to sort out the tires to sort out the sponsorship that kind of thing. You've got to put people around you that are prepared to stick with you and help you reach your goals. Very, very interesting. Now, let's talk about the WRC and uh, you're involved with Toyota, the TGR uh, rally team. Um, first of all, just tell us uh, how you got involved with that and your role with the team. Okay, so, you know, really it was a progression for me. A lot of the, uh, I won't say a lot, uh, but many members of the Mitsubishi World Rally team where I was a local coordinator there, moved across to Toyota. Um, in particular, you had Tommy Mackinnon, who was running the team. And then you had Lassie Lampy, who's the main test and development man. And then you had some of the English mechanics. So when Safari um, was coming back to Kenya, um, what happened was that uh, Tommy and Lassie got together, picked up the phone to me, and we had a, had a conversation. And... Lassie said, we want you to come and work for us like you do with the Mitsubishi, et cetera, et cetera. And initially, I was a little bit skeptical about it because um, it's an awful lot of work and, and, you know, trying to run my business in, during COVID and things like that. It was, it was difficult, but I, but I was convinced by the old guard to come on, you know, to come back. And to be honest, uh, I was really glad that I did come back. Because I rem once it all started to work, yes, it was a, an awful lot of hard work, don't get me wrong. But it's so nice to be around like-minded people. And, and the, the Toyota team, there's a lot of people in there who um, either remember you, have heard about you, or you've worked with them before, you know. And so in a way, I won't say it's like coming home, but it's like changing house to a new team. and Things, it was almost like just another stepping stone for me because you've got a team that is basically built around the Finns, 
um, and their way of working and their team managers and and Yari Matti Latfalo, who who then took over from Tommy. Um, although Yari Matti and Kai Lindstrom were very supportive of me. Um, they'd never met me before, but they had done a lot of uh, research about me through Tommy and through Lassie and things like that. And they trusted me to do an, uh, a lot of work. And so I think I did a good job because they've offered, offered me the job back this year, which I've accepted. And we'll move forward from there. But it, it was really fantastic to see how different and how far rallying has moved since the old um, the old days with Mitsubishi. So interesting. Now, uh, 2022, of course, uh, the safari is confirmed uh, once again for June. Uh, from your point of view, uh, what, what do you do locally for Toyota? Okay, my work uh, basically will start after the classic safari. Um, and that, that entails um, ensuring that all the bookings are taken care of, that all the hire cars are taken care of. It ensures that um, uh, people that are flying into uh, um, Nairobi at strange hours have a have transport from the from the airport to a hotel and then on to Naivasha. Um, it ensures that, for example, if they had it like this year, they had a problem with some of the the parts arriving, which got separated. And I've got to tell you something, which impress me no end was the, the Kenya government the effort that they put into helping everybody and I saw this at a much deeper level we so we had this problem for example with some parts that were separated in in Dubai and didn't get here whatever and when they got here um, the customs and VAT moved heaven and earth at, w along working with um, the, our clearing agent to get those parts out. They didn't want to be responsible for holding up the team or anything like that. It was amazing. Then there's moving car, cars that are moving uh, through Naivasha and places like that. The police work. I mean, everybody in the organizing team uh, did their job and they created an event to me, that was second to none. It was pretty impressive to see just how much effort. And I've got to take my hat off to um, to Phineas Kamathi and Guvi and and CD, all these people that were working behind the scenes to make the safari a success because they did an awesome job. And the Kenya government, I tip my hat off to them because it was fantastic. And the comments that I was receiving and listening to in Toyota, because I can only really talk about that, were so positive that, you know, how friendly everybody was and how willing to help they were all were, and nothing was ever a problem. And that makes my life that much easier because when I'm having to push against red tape and things like that, it just becomes a drama. But knowing that I could go there and ask the question and get an answer and get the help I needed, it was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And you know what? We deserve the Safari Rally for the next five years on the back of what we did this year. That's the two-time Safari Rally champion, Glenn Edmonds. We'll be back. <laughs> Oh, 
Summer Sports 411 with Sean Cardavillis. So thanks once again to Guvi Barbara and Glenn Edmonds. A special thanks as always to Big City Studio. We'll be back next week. I'm Sean Cardavillis. Summer Sports 411.